Well, good morning. As you're getting your, your drink and your snack, we'll make our way into the sanctuary and we'll worship the Lord this morning. Case totally. Amen and amen. Well, it's good to be back in the house for a brief time. Amen. We had a wonderful uh, time in Mexico visiting Texcoco and the church down there and spending time with the De La Borda family. And we bring greetings from Mexico back. And, and um, things are, are, are going well. The church is growing and advancing. And they are still uh, Mexico is, is very interesting as far as COVID goes. They are what they call on green semaphoro, green light, green, you know. But the chairs are still six feet apart and only one chair at a time. And they all mask everywhere. And so it's real different. Um, and so, but the, the church for a long time was, was shrunk like ours, but it's now packed out with the it's just kind of strange to look out and see like s single lines of chairs all the way down the sanctuary a couple feet apart, but they've had to go to two services and, and uh, people are coming back and, and uh, so the church is doing really good down there. So greetings. Um, I want to read a, a, a quick scripture unless I just lost it, um, which I did. So I'm not going to. <laughs> there you go. So there. there it is. Let's see if I find it. <laughs> Um, <laughs> there's got to be one in there. Yeah, there's a, there's at least <laughs> one good scripture in here. I'm pretty pretty sure it was Isaiah 51. I just was reading this and uh, it says, "Listen to me, you who pursue righteousness." Is that you? Amen. You who seek the Lord, look to the rock from which you were hewn and to the quarry from which you were dug. Look to Abraham your father, to Sarah who bore you, for he was but. Um, for he was but one when I called him, that I might bless him and multiply him. For the Lord comforts Zion. He comforts all her waste places and makes her wilderness like Eden, her desert like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness will be found in her, thanksgiving and the voice of song. Amen. You know, this morning, I, I, my, it's my prayer always for the church is that joy and gladness is found in you guys, um, in all of us, uh, in the Lord, that we're always looking to the Lord. Uh, for he's our help. Um, he turns our desert places into the Garden of Eden. And sometimes that's just inwardly. Um, eventually, uh, we will be in that new garden in, uh, in paradise with him forever. Um, until then, we go through tribulation, but he can turn our waste places spiritually and emotionally into the Garden of Eden. And so we're going to look to him this morning. We're going to give him thanks uh, when we left on Thursday, we had a prayer meeting here Wednesday night a week and a half ago, and we were praying for the fire. And obviously, we, we all know this, but you know, we prayed for that fire to stop. Forecast, in the rain was, forecast for rain was for Friday, and we get up Thursday, and it's raining, and we all remember this. The fire got stopped, Amen. and God is good. God is so, so good to us. And, um, and so I was looking up there. I can't even see where it was. Now, I, mean, I was looking up there, I'm like, where exactly was it? So God is protecting us. He is good. Amen? Amen. So we're going to worship him uh, in, for his goodness and his love towards us this morning. Amen? So let's pray. 
Hallelujah. Father, we thank you so much for your goodness. We look to you. God, we know that our strength comes from you, our joy comes from you. Father, this morning we desire to give back to you by, by wor our worship, our singing, our praise. God, um, let it be even a sacrifice at times of praise, Father, to honor you, to give you uh, what is due your name, Father. We want to lift you up above everything else in our life. God, we spend a lot of time and effort um, working on our houses and, and building, uh, building this life down here, Father. We want to make sure that we put you first. So, Father, we're here on the first day of the week to give you praise, to give you worship. Father, we want to meet with you this morning. So we pray you would visit us. Be with us this morning, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Some of you this morning are wondering what happened to our guest worship leader. Some of you knew that we had one coming. A, um, and uh, he's up here, or was up here, um, and he got sick while he was here. So he couldn't be here this morning, and that's why I'm, I'm going to be leading worship again this morning. But, um, so be praying for Henry, and then we will put him back on the calendar to be here in the next week or two. Um, as soon as he feels, um, you know, good enough, he doesn't know if it's what it is, but he just started feeling really, really crummy late Friday night. And so praying for him, and, uh, and, but let's worship the Lord, let's stand, and um, if you get tired, you can sit. With the bit. main thing is that you pour out your heart and you worship God in spirit and in truth. Amen. Jesse, you want to get these lights up right here? Come and 
fill this place. Won't you come? Won't you come and fill this place?
then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what could stand against? And if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what could stand against? What could stand against? Our God is greater, our God is stronger. God, you are higher than any other. Our God is healer, awesome in power. Our God, our God, our God is greater. Our God is stronger. God, you are higher than any other. Our God is healer, awesome in power. Our God, our God. And if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what could stand against? And if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what could stand against? What could stand against? Upon your name, 
above the waves when oceans rise my soul will rest in your embrace for I am yours and you are mine
Father, we thank you for the name that is above every other name. God, there is one name given unto men by which we must be saved, and that is the name of Jesus Christ. For it was Jesus who came to live a perfect and sinless life. Jesus, you willingly chose to die for our sins, that in that name we might find healing, forgiveness, salvation, life in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, you have won. 
thank you so much that you sent Jesus and he conquered the grave. God, that we look to you, our Lord, for our strength, 
for our hope. Father, we thank you so much that we don't serve a God who does not escape death. We don't serve a God who is powerless over death and hell. We serve the risen King, the risen God, almighty creator of everything who holds the keys of life and death. We praise you and we thank you for who you are and what you've done in our life. You've called each and every one of us out of darkness. God, you set our feet on the firm foundation on the rock out of the miry clay, and we give you praise and thanks for that. And in Jesus' name we pray, and everyone says, Amen. 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 Greet somebody. Hug somebody's neck. No. Hi. How's everybody doing? Uh oh. I'm stuck. Thank you. <laughs> we'll get this someday soon, right? Well, welcome to the Journey Church. If you're joining us for the first time, we would love to get connected with you. One way that you can do that is by filling out the connection cards that are in the pockets of the seats. And then you can put those in the tithe and offering boxes that are in the back of the room here. Um, I don't really have a ton of like announcements other than the fact one I w oh oh wait it looks like we have yes Bethany let me guess tomorrow is the day of your birth aka your birthday yeah <laughs> well we have to sing happy birthday to Bethany so everybody ready me 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 Happy birthday to you. <laughs> Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Bethany. Happy birthday to you. Woohoo! <laughs> Yay. <laughs> well, I just wanted to do a huge, huge thank you. To everybody who helped out with the yard sale, I know I wasn't here last weekend to say thank you, but this weekend I want to say thank you so much. Um, I don't know, I'm going to, this is kind of a, a planning thing. Were you able to bring your trailer? Are we getting close or? No, okay, so just kidding. I was going to ask for help after service, but we don't need it. So, um, But thank you so much again for everybody that helped. We raised about $3,500 for the youth group. Woo! 
So that's awesome. And that's going to lead right into we're going to a youth conference next Friday. It's the Reality Apologetics Conference. The theme this year is Seek and You Will Find. And so kind of like we're answering those questions, those hard-to-answer questions. What I love about this conference is that it's a great opportunity for youth and even us adults that get to go to learn how to defend our faith. And that's what we need more than ever, especially for the youth right now, because everything is fighting for their attention. And so we want to bring the truth of who God is to them. So if you guys could be praying for us, it's next weekend. Pray that we get enough sleep. Pray that, <laughs> pray that we get there safely. And in addition to that, the men are also going on a retreat. So they're going at what, Monday? Yeah, they're leaving tomorrow, so they're also going to be going on a treat, So a retreat. So know that God is doing some mighty things, which also means that the enemy is going to be fighting back. So we want to pray against that. So let's go ahead and pray now, right? All right. Father, we lift up these events to you. Father, we pray for your safety over them. We pray for your Holy Spirit to guide, protect, and go with them, Lord, that they would be filled with your knowledge, your truth, your love, your joy, your compassion, God, a boldness to come back and to be an example of who you are and to reach the lost. Father, I pray that over these men, that they would continue to be a covering over this church body. I pray that for the students that are going, that they would stand up and be strong in their faith, especially in this crazy world that's telling them everything against you. Father, we commit these things to you. We ask that you protect them in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right. Well, with that, we're just going to go ahead and receive our tithes and offerings. I have a quick verse for us. Colossians 3, 23 through 24 says this, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart, as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Guys, in everything we do, whether it's our tithes, our offering, our worship, just being here, being a friend, being a family member, we want to do it as unto the Lord. So as we give into our tithes and our offerings today, try not to think of it as, oh, we're just having to give to the family or the church or keep the lights on, wherever it is. But we're doing it so that God can be glorified. Amen? All right, let's pray for our tithes and offerings. God, again, we thank you for the many blessings that you provide us with, with this amazing building for us to come and bring you glory. God, help us to do all that we do to your glory, to your service. God, help us to get out of our own way and to allow you to come in with your Holy Spirit and be the, let us be the vessel that you want us to use to spread the good news of what you did for us, Lord. We love you, and in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen, amen. I've got both of them going. All right. Um, so we have uh, a awesome praise report that uh, we want to share. And some of you have been praying for the Rodriguez family, especially for Sam, um, who had uh, a, a really bad accident. And we're going to ask Nicole, because she loves this so much, to come. <laughs> and and she, do you want me to just bring it back there so you can hide and just talk? Okay. I'm going to stand right by you. But, but we just got to hear what, how, how Sam is doing and what God's doing. I'll stand right by you. So 
So Sam had a really bad accident with a golf club. He got hit in the temple. Um, it fractured his skull. The fracture severed an artery. Um, we had to go to the emergency room. We thought we were just going to do stitches, of course, because we just, oh, that's a lot of bleeding. Let's go to the emergency room. I've done that a million times with my boys, so I'm used to it. But CAT scan was immediately like, no fractured skull, bleeding. We got to get you down to Loma Linda. So this was Tuesday the 6th, and that was when the fires were peaking, and they were like just even hesitant on any kind of transport at all, let alone air transport. So, <laughs> I mean, God goes before us in everything, and this was the, a horrible incident, but from the beginning, he was ahead of us. He was ahead of the game because my husband, Jesse, was working up here, which is a never. He's always at least two hours away in Idlewild, but he was up here doing um, air, support? air support. Air, he was pretty much in charge of the air operations in for the fire. He, so he's forestry department, in case you didn't know. So he was doing, um, he was in charge of all the air up here in Big Bear, which is a never. <laughs> so we were, he was able to be minutes away when this happened, and he was also able to, like, get on the phone. He was in charge of, because he's in that position, he was able to get the, you know, he's the one that gives the clearance for transport. So getting on the call, making those important calls, he was able to get air transport down to Loma Linda. He was able to fly with them, and then um, I, I was able to go home with the other kids, and then around 3 in the morning, Sam was getting more and more unresponsive, and they had to do another CAT scan. There was more bleeding, so they had to go and do surgery. So they, he has a big old, you can't miss him, he's next door, but he's got a big old scar and plate in there, and this, the uh, prayer works, I mean, immediately, because it, it was just awesome answered prayers is just all I can say, <laughs> and then just the, I don't know, just the way he goes ahead of us and before us and has answered everything. Then the fact that when we get down there, there was a, a pediatric neurosurgeon on call that night, which I guess is like a, a small field to have. And so <laughs> we were so lucky to have the best surgeon, and it just went amazing. So we were there for, we were there till like Friday. So thank you for your prayer. <laughs> Wow. He, uh, I mean, I didn't even know he was here. He's here next door. And when you see him, it, it, we might get a picture up. Um, I don't know if we can find it or not. Um, you're going to, oh, my account's not on there anymore. Okay. So, um, anyways, there is a picture. If you're on Facebook and friends with Jesse, he posted it. This little guy. And he's going to be fine. A hundred. Goodness, oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I'm not even sure where my where's my lighter. Uh, wow. So, thank you for sharing, guys. We pray because when we pray, things happen that don't happen when we don't pray. It's not a fruitless uh, exercise. Um, you know, we don't always see the answers that we want to see when we want to see them, but. Uh, it's good. So 
um, you know, we have a we have a prayer chain. If you're um, interested in in being a part of that, um, I think actually the best thing if you we what we do is we we has we have prayers in our small groups, so we we always pray. Um, but there's also a text prayer chain group. If you'd like to be a part of that, um, maybe put on one of those connection cards or something um, that you would like to be part of the uh, the the prayer text group. And when it, when we have things, we'll send it out that way, and um, it's just a way to to, to pray. And um, so, God is so so good. Amen. I'm going to switch to the other one. I'm uh, excited. It's been it's it's kind of a busy, busy week, couple weeks for me. So um, I'm excited about uh, this the men's retreat being prayed, as Jesse said, and for the youth this weekend. We're in First uh, Corinthians still, and we're going to be here for a while. But I hope it's been enjoyable. Hope you're learning. I hope you're being challenged as we go through it. Um, Mick talked out of. Uh, it, it, came to us with a message out of 1 Corinthians 3 last week, and we're going to pick up, we're going to actually be in at the end of 3 and the beginning of 4, but I want to just talk a little bit about some of the things that we've uh, been going through um, as a reminder in 1 Corinthians. Um, we, we uh, in, in chapter 1, talks about divisions in the church, and we've talked about not uh, getting a, a personality that you follow in in an exclusion to others that we, we are all part of the body of Christ. We talked about the wisdom of God, how it's different from the wisdom of the world. And we spent a number of different messages kind of talking about that, that to the world, Christianity, the wisdom of God is foolishness. Why would you serve uh, um, this Jesus who died? And, and why would you be constrained to serve only one God when you can serve yourself. And so the world really thinks that Christianity is folly, and we need to be careful not to fall into that, that yes, we live contrary to the world, and that our belief systems are different. He calls us out of the world. He doesn't call us uh, to become like the world. He says we live in the world, but we're not of the world. And so, church, that, that was a good encouragement when we talked about that to say, listen, it's, it's normal, it's okay that people think you're weird. And, and to the, in, the, in the world's eyes, we are, but we have, and it's not because of us, it's because of Jesus, but we know the truth. We've been enlightened into the truth that Jesus Christ is the only way. He is the way, the truth, and the life. We, we talked about um, spiritual maturity, not staying in kindergarten. Uh, that we need to keep growing, that, that we shouldn't just stay as infants, but keep pressing on and allowing God to grow us. We, we were challenged and, and hopefully encouraged that you don't have to be the best. You just have to do the best that you can do in Jesus. That as God's got grace and love for each and every one of us because we're on a journey. And that's uh, so one of the amazing things is that God can look at all of us, and He doesn't have different standards, but He holds us individually to different standards. 
just, just like we do with, with kids or in a classroom if you were a teacher or with a, as, an ath, as an athlete, um, the coach might know that you are capable of a little bit more than some of the other people on your team. And the coach is going to say, no, you have to do a little bit more. Why? Because I know you can. And God does that with us. He gives grace, but he also meets us and says, no, I want you to live up to the potential that I've put in you and the ability that I know that you have. Um, and back in chapter 3, there was a lot of different things going on. It, it went back into, uh, again, these divisions in the church. But I want to pick up um, at the end of uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and talk a little bit about that as we get in. Father, as we go into this morning, just pray a blessing upon our time and upon your word. Father, uh, bless this word in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to start off in verse 18, go to the end, and we're going to just cover verse 1 and 2 of chapter 4. Uh, chapter 4, I was really, I read it and I read it, and I'm like, Lord, what do you want to say to us out of this, out of chapter uh, 4? Because it's uh, a lot of repeat, actually, because this is what Paul was writing to. But let's pick it up in 18, verse uh, chapter 3. Let no one deceive himself. If anyone among you thinks that he is wise in this age, let him become a fool that he may become wise. For the wisdom of this world is folly with God. For it is written, he catches the wise in their craftiness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise that they are futile. So let no one, uh, let no one boast in men for all things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or the present or the future, all are yours, and you are Christ's, and Christ's is God. Now, again, I want to keep reading. So this is how one should regard us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required of stewards that they be found faithful. And I'm just going to go ahead and stop there. Remember, we've talked a number of times that, you know, when we're reading the Bible, we have chapter divisions, you know, chapter 2, chapter 3, chapter 4, etc. But many times um, the chapters can make you stop the thought from the previous chapter and come to a new thought. And when, when the Bible was written, most of the books of the Bible were not written with these breaks. Psalms is one of the few that, that were. Um, um, they, there was those breaks. They were individual songs, so it was easier to do that. But a group got together and said, let's make it easier to go to the Bible, to find things, to memorize um, things in the Bible. And so they put the chapter and the verses. But one of the things it can do is that it can, can stop us from reading and flowing from one chapter to another. I've written letters before, and I never have chapter breaks. I don't know about you, but if you do... You write long letters, probably. Um, you know, nowadays people don't even write letters; they texts and things. And so, when we're reading, you, you um, especially in the epistles, but even in the go the gospels, sometimes you need to really look back and go, "I want to flow this together and see if there's a thought that I need to connect." And there is a thought here that's kind of connecting. It's talking about being uh, not deceiving himself. And first, I want to say it is impossible to even deceive yourself. You can deceive yourself. Uh, we can want something so much that we uh, can lean so far into that we can be deceived and we can deceive ourselves. He's not saying don't just be deceived. He says don't deceive yourselves. Don't listen to, lay up for yourselves people who tell you the right, the same thing over and over again so that you just believe that. Um, 
It's, that would be similar to confirmation bias. When you uh, want to have a specific outcome, you tend to get information that gives you that outcome. Okay? Politically, we do this all the time. Um, the Republicans and the Democrats, we want to find things that support our cases so we can yell at the other side. And so we read articles, and we sometimes actually don't even read and understand the, anything that might give the other side a stronger argument. We just avoid those things, and we keep looking for things that just confirm our bias, confirmation bias. We don't want to be that way in any part of our life. We want to be uh, open. We want to be able to have conversation. And we don't want to do that with ourselves if we want something really a lot. Uh, an example would be kids know how to do this. Uh, kids know what mom will say to a question and what dad will say. Now, sometimes, it's not always the same. Sometimes mom will say yes and dad will say no, and sometimes dad will say yes and mom will say no. And kids, it doesn't take them long to know in this subject, mom will say yes. So I'm going to ask mom, right? Right? If you, you parents knew that, but go back to when you were a kid and you're like, oh yeah, I knew how, I mean, I, I knew which one I had wrapped around my finger, I knew, and, and we did that. We did that as kids, we still do that. I remember um, a long time ago, I really uh, wanted to buy a, 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 an expensive car and I needed a loan to get it. Well, at the time, there was a lot of teaching and it still exists, don't, try not to get a auto loan, don't be encumbered by debt, pay cash for everything except maybe a house. And that was happening in the church, but I really wanted this car. So as a young believer, I wanted a spiritual leader to tell me it was okay to take out a loan to buy my car. I knew who would say yes, and I knew who would say absolutely not. Guess who I asked? I mean, I just kept finding all the people that liked new things. Like, oh man, nice new car, yeah. And, and I, I was doing it then. Do you relate? You ever do that? Let's not do that with God. You know, let's not lay up for us teachers who help us to try to deceive ourselves. You know, well, I know it's not right to get drunk, but I'm going to try to find people who tend to lean in that alcohol is really a fine excellent part of the Christian life because I want to drink. So, so what we want to do is we want to find the whole counsel of the Word. So we don't want to find ourselves trying to uh, give us permission to do whatever it is. We want to say, God, what's truth? And so he says, don't deceive yourselves. If any of you thinks that he is wise in this age, let him become a fool that he may become wise. It's not saying be, do foolish things. What he's saying is... Become a fool in the eyes of the world means this, simply line up with God. Line up with God. What does God say? Well, you know what's foolish? Give 10% of your money to the church. Well, that's just ridiculous. That's so foolish. Why, would you, why on earth would you give 10% of your money to the church? They're all crooks. They're all robbers. That's just foolish. That's what the world says. But the Lord says that we give a tenth of all that we have to Him 
that he is the provider, that he will bless you, that when you give, he blesses you back in return. And, he, and, and Malachi says in this, test me in this. See if I won't open the windows of heaven, pour out a blessing so big that you can't contain it. So we as Christians, we live by a principle of giving God the first fruits. We realize that He is the maker of everything, that He is the one who gives us the ability to work to make the money in the first place. He blesses us. So when we give Him a tenth, it's foolishness to the world, but we live by a different standard. We live by the standard of the Word and by, by God. So what, what, when He says, become a fool, He says, no, what, you're say, what He's saying is, jump all the way in this. I'm going to do it better this week. This is going to be the bad side because I did that a few weeks ago. Jump all the way into the things of God. Jump all the way into the things of God and go ahead and look like a fool to the world. I can't believe that you and your girlfriend haven't had sex yet. I mean, how long have you been together? I mean, it's like three months? Come on. The, that's the world says. It's probably a lot less than three, three months now. Um, you know, the world says, you know, you got to take it for a test drive. Right? I, I know this is maybe a little embarrassing for some of you. This is what the world says. And they think we're foolish if we say no. I believe that the Bible says that, that I'm going to keep myself just for my spouse. And so we, we this over here, you know, this side gets to be the foolish side today. The, the, the world has all these ideas, and Paul, um, Paul is saying, don't, don't buy into those. Instead, go ahead and get over here and just look like a fool. Look like a fool. Why? Because God will bless you. God will give you the things that you need. You will see the results of living a righteous life when you do it. It's not always easy, but then down the road, you start seeing these amazing fruit and results. So don't deceive yourself. Don't lay up for people who, who want to water down the Word of God. For the wisdom of this world is folly with God. And, and, and God, God says, man, that, it's also, God says about the world, they think that that's wise. They think that that's wise. It's not. See, the, the, the principles of God have reason. He's not just the one who says, let me make up some really strange rules just because I don't like them. Uh, I don't like the people, and I want them to feel my wrath. Um, so I'm going to say, you know, don't eat this and don't do this. Actually, there's, there's always been purpose for, for the things that he tells us to do. Even, even sometimes the purpose being, I want the world to know that you're different. I want the world to know that you're different. Because when, when the blessings pour out on you, that world can say, man, they live differently. What's, what's up with them? So, so he has purpose for the things he tells us to do. And we need to be a fool to the world because they're living a foolish life. There's something getting more and more popular. Um, polyamorous. You guys, are you guys keeping up with what's happening in, in the world around us? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's becoming more and more popular. Polyamorous. Uh, you just have lots of people you live with, lots of spouses, or you're not married at all, but, but it's just this, uh, we love a lot of people, and, and uh, it might be uh, a couple who have another couple living with them, <laughs> And they swap male and female, but now they also swap female and female, and it's polyamorous, and that's what the world is saying is normal. Well, Shannon and I talk about this going, that won't last long. And why won't that last long? Because actually God created us 
to be in relationship with one man and one woman. And when you go outside of that, it breaks down. It doesn't take long. It breaks down. And so the world thinks that it's inventing all these things and doing this. Let's, 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 let's live like this. It's not going to go very well with them. And I'm not saying because there's going to be judgment coming. It's not going to go well because God created us a certain way. And he wants us to live this way. So it's foolishness to them. Um, and, and it keeps going on. It says, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise. They are futile. Um, so let no one boast in men. This is coming back to that. Let's, let's not boast in man. Let's not boast in man's teaching. Um, whenever I have a lesson, whenever you hear a lesson uh, online, uh, whenever you, you read anything, you need to test that with the Word of God and make sure it's truth. There's a lot of opinions out there. And the, the opinions don't matter. It's what does the Word of God teach us? And so um, men's thoughts, they are futile. Um, we're not going to boast in men. And then it goes on, and this is kind of where I want to pick up. It says, all things are yours. And I don't know how far I didn't get to uh, uh, finish Nick's um, preaching um, so I don't know how, how far he got on to, but those five words, for all things are yours, are so powerful. All things are yours. What is he talking about? He's actually talking about all things are ours. In Christ, we have it all. We don't need what the world has to offer because we actually have all things. We have life and hope and joy and happiness. We have the blessings of God that come down and provide for us when we can't even uh, make it up on our own. If, if we just spent the rest of the service saying, come up and, and share a, a, a one-minute testimony of a time that God supplied in a way that you could not fathom, we would be here until 3 or 4 o'clock. Because... You don't just have one story. You have countless stories of little moments where God came through and you couldn't see it. He's come through for us uh, when we lived in, in Guatemala and Zach had this horribly high fever. We had only been there for a few weeks. We didn't know any doctors. I didn't speak hardly any Spanish. It was in the middle of the night. There is no urgent care in Antigua. And his fever was getting up to 105 degrees. And all we had was prayer. That's all we had. And so we spent the night worried that our son might die from this. I mean, it was getting, it was bad. It might have, did it hit 106 at one point? Seemed like it may have. And we just, we just prayed and prayed and prayed. And finally, it was hours, but finally the fever broke. And it came back down. It was a Saturday night, and I went to, I went to church in the morning. And Shannon stayed home because he, he was still really weak. And in, in the middle of service, the fever spiked again. And she just took authority in Jesus and cast, cursed that thing, cast it out, and the fever dropped again. I can't explain that. That's a provision that only God can provide. Do you have a story like that? Exactly like that. <laughs> Amen. Financially, Amen. with a healing, with, uh, with a car accident that could have, should have happened, but didn't. I mean, you start thinking of all these things. We have all things. And it goes on and says, Paul or Apollos or Cephas, or the world or life and death or the present or the future, all are yours. 
See, when he throws at Paul and Apollos, these, what he's saying is, Paul's one of my teachers, and Paulus is one of my teachers, and Cephas is one of my teachers. They're all yours. They're all yours. Don't just pick one. No, they're teaching. They're, they're encouraging in the Word. But in addition to that, you have, you, you have the world and life and death and the present and the future. Everything's yours. Why? Because you are Christ's, and Christ is God's. See, church, we walk around sometimes defeated, feeling bad about ourselves. Sometimes feeling bad that I'm a Christian because, and, and if you've never felt this, you know, praise the Lord. But I know a lot of people even felt like, you know, I can't go do those fun things because I'm a Christian. Christians can't have any fun. I fought into that lie a few times in my life. You know, we kind of walk around like a Christian Eeyore. I'm a Christian. Thanks for noticing. <laughs> you know, and we, bought it, we buy into the lie that the world is fun and that, that Christianity, well, we're going to get to heaven, but it's going to be bad and boring and, you know, but oh well. No, all things are yours. He, he's, he's given us authority over the power of the enemy. He's given us a future and a hope and life. And you start reading the promises of God and the Psalms, you go, it's all mine, baby. And even when I don't see it here, I'm going to see it. I'm going to see it. Because one day, that trumpet is going to sound. And no matter how, this, how difficult this life has been or can be at times, that trumpet's going to sound, and I'm going to spend the rest of forever in heaven. And all those people who mocked me, made fun of my beliefs and your beliefs, and made fun, if they don't, repent and see God and meet Him and, and, and have that experience, which I do pray they do, they're going to find out that they were wrong and we were right. And, and I, don't want that, I really don't want that to happen because that's a horrible, horrible future. But there's a lot of people who've thought they knew the truth. And, and I don't know if some of them, many of them did not find out the truth before they died. I, I th and I just, his name just escaped me, but the brilliant astrophysicist in the wheelchair. Hawking, Hawking right? Brilliant. Brilliant. He had no room for God. Now, is it possible that on his deathbed, God visited him one more time? Absolutely. Sure, it's possible. But if he did, Stephen Hawking had to come to faith and repent from his sins and receive Christ as a Savior. There's no, there's no freebies. There's no freebies. As brilliant and as smart and as a thinker as he, he, if he did not come to Christ, died a fool. He died a fool. You know, how can he be a fool? Because he, he saw so much in, in creation. He saw so much, and he made all these hypotheses, he figured so many things out, but he didn't realize that there was somebody who made it all. And that that was God. All things are yours. You are Christ's. You are Christ. Now, this is a, a, a double thing here. Yeah, Tom? Einstein had a very deep faith in God. He did. He did. There's a, yeah, he, he saw it. There, there's a, a double thing in, in this when it says that you are Christ's. We need to hear both sides of this. One is saying... Everything is yours 
because you're Christ's. Don't, don't you dare take, uh, take um, account for any of it, responsibility for any of it. It's not you. It's Christ. Everything that you have is because you are in Jesus. And you have it all. But it's not because you're so handsome. It's not because you're so smart. It's not because you uh, prayed the right prayers and you have more faith than other people. You only have it because of Jesus, period. And we need to keep that in mind. It's like no matter how long you've been walking this life, God doesn't love you more because you're better than the people around you. And, and I tell you, that is something that some of us sometimes struggle with, right? The enemy wants to come in and make you feel really good about how spiritual you are. You don't have to raise your hand. You know, he kind of comes in sometimes and goes, yeah, you know, you're, you're doing so good. That person over there, they're not doing so good. You're so much better than they are. You go, yeah, I am, huh? No, I'm not. Everything I am, everything I have, everything good in me comes from the Father of heavenly lights. James says that. Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of heavenly lights who doesn't change. He's the giver of every good thing, even the fact that he is the one who created me. And he put this whole thing in place. So part of that is, is listen, you're in Christ. You, you have everything because of Christ. But the other part that you also need to hear is, church, you're in Christ. Isn't that awesome? You don't have to do this on your own. You're in Christ. The moment you come to faith, your life changed. Your spirit, man, became alive. And you have the living God living inside of you. The Spirit of God lives in you. You know, we, we sometimes go, yeah, I'm, you know, he's pretty far from God. Not really. He's a believer. God lives inside of him. God says he'll never leave you. He won't forsake you. The Spirit takes up residence in your life and never leaves. Now, we can callous our heart. We can dumb our ears, deafen our ears down. We can kind of do this, and, 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 and sometimes we do that. You know, there, there's, there's been times possibly in your life, and I, I know there's been times in my life that, that I wanted to, to, to do something, and I knew God didn't approve it, and I'm kind of like a little kid. I put my fingers in my ear, and I go, la, 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 la. I'm not listening. By the way, I didn't buy the car. But I was doing that a lot for that car. I'm not listening. I'm not listening. I really want to date that girl. I know she's no good for me, but she's really hot. La, 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 la. Can we just be real, right? This is the, the, this is what, this is the, the journey church. If you're visiting, we, we, we want to be really real because you can't play church on the inside and then fight the real battle outside. We have to talk about what, what, what's real happening in our lives, how, how the enemy comes in. And so we don't want to do this, but we can. But even when we do this, the Spirit of God still lives in you. You are Christ. He loves you. He's never, ever going to leave you. That, that's just amazing. Think of that worst, as a believer, think of that worst thing you did. You, you, some of you are like, ooh, do I have to? Um, as a believer, like, I did some, some bad things. And, you, and I felt like God left me. He didn't. He just felt that way. There's a teaching that goes around that says that, um, that God couldn't 
be around Jesus on the cross because of the sin. Well, that means he must leave me. It's a, it's a nice thought that, you know, I mean, we think, oh, you know, let's, that's how much Jesus did for us. It's not true. But what's true is that there was so much darkness, so much pain, so much everything that Jesus was going in, that even though he was God, that he had God, he couldn't sense him. But God never left. God never leaves. He doesn't leave. He's with you. Hold on. Hold on. He's there. Light's coming. You're in Christ. And Christ is God's. And, and, and I think just Paul wrote that just to help us because Christ is God. But sometimes we have this view of God and Jesus. Jesus is awesome and saved me, but then there's God. And so I think Paul kind of buys into that a little bit in that moment going, in God, it's not just Jesus. You know, the, the creator of everything lives in you. Oh, that is awesome. And so, so as he's talking about this, he goes on in chapter 4 without a break to say, this is how one should regard us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Part of that mystery is, is what we've just been talking about. There are mysteries of God. And Paul is saying, we as teachers are stewards of the mystery and we're servants of God. But what I want to say is that all of us are servants of God. This isn't, you know, a word that you could use is ministers. And, and in some version, I think it might have that word, ministers. That, that's such a bad understanding because you think, oh, yeah, well, that's the minister. He's the minister of the church or the minister of worship, and it separates you from them, and that's not it. It is a better term, servant and steward. All of us are servants and stewards of the mysteries of God and the things of God, and we're servants of God. Now, the word um, servant here is, is, literally means an under rower. And it's the picture of one of the, the, a big boat with the multiple layers. And the, the oars are popped out of the side, the little windows. And there's all those people downstairs. We used to call them slaves. And they're rowing the boat, right? People up top are yelling the orders. And they're just down there doing this. That is the word he's using. We're servants. So on the one side, we have everything. We're in Christ. Christ is in God, but we're also servants. We're under rowers. We're serving God. It's not about us. It's about Him. And, and it's a good, and Paul, Paul's recognizing that. Here Paul, I mean, you know, Paul wrote the majority of the New Testament. Paul was, was the man. He took the gospel all over Asia, and he says, I'm an under rower. It's God. And I'm a steward of the mysteries of God. That means we have responsibility. We're serving together. We're, we're you know, it's like we could just get some paddles. That can be the one that, that can be the water, right? And then you just picture yourself. We're just rowing. So what are we doing? We're, we're serving God. Do you notice I didn't say we're serving man? We serve God by often doing things toward fellow men. We don't want to get that out of line. 
We don't ever want to think that we're serving people. We're serving God and God tells us, love that person. God tells us to do something for a person. But I'm not serving that person because the moment that, that I step out and think that I'm serving man, I start thinking I'm serving man. I'm going to serve God. And, and in the process, he's calling me to love people. He's calling me to give to people, to help people. But I'm serving God, not man. And then he says that we're, we're stewards of the mysteries of God. That means that you have, as a steward of the house, and uh, um, it's oikodomeo uh, is, the, is the term. Um, it's, it means the, um, the, the head of the house, but you're the under, underling. Um, we have all, all the authority in the house. That's a steward. He's given it to you. You've got the authority in, in him, and you, and you get to steward that mystery. In other words, he's given you everything. You've got everything. What are you doing with it? Are we serving God with it? Are we using uh, what, what we have? We're stewarding all the power of God, the love of God, the knowledge of God, the mysteries of God. That's all under our, our control. And it's up to us whether or not we're using it to serve him and help other people's come to faith in Him as well. We, we have to be careful not to lavish these things just upon ourselves. We have Sunday morning service in here. We do life groups in our houses, and we want you to live outside of the salt shaker. This is the salt shaker. We come, we get taught, but your life happens out there when you're out in the world at work with your family, in recreation, hanging out with your, your, your buddies or whatever it might be. You're a steward of the mysteries of God in that place. Servant of God. You, you, you carry the power, but you also carry the, you carry the authority, but you also carry that responsibility. It says it's required of stewards that they be found faithful. So he's, he's this is an awesome passage here. He's telling us, you have everything, I, everything. Don't feel bad about their so-called wisdom. You have it all. Giving you everything you need in, for life and godliness is in Christ. The blessings are there. Your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. You've got it all. You're a steward of all of that. But it says that we have to be found faithful. And that's... God, are we, are, are we faithful with what you've given us? When it comes, uh, comes down to the wire, are we, are we serving God or serving man? When we love somebody, yes, we're loving them in Jesus' name, but or are we? Sometimes we do the right thing for the wrong motives. You got to remember that we're in Christ, serving Him, and that at some point, one of the things that we have as being a steward of the mystery of God is that other people need to know about the mystery of God. The, the scriptures do teach us that, that 
the world can see our good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us because they saw your good deeds. But how will they glorify God if they don't realize that your good deeds are coming from the fact that you believe in God? Does that make sense? Our life can't just be a good deed life. It has to be a, a God deed life. Everything comes from God. And, and it's okay for people to, to know that. It's not just okay, that's what we should do because we're stewards of the things of God, not the things of Rob. If I go out and do nice things in my name all the time, people just go, wow, Rob's a really nice guy. Isn't that great? I want them to see Christ in me. Christ is the hope of glory. All things are mine because I am in Christ. And that should give us so much hope that he, He's in you, you're in Him. All things are yours. But help me, Lord, to be a found faithful. Isn't that what we're all looking for someday? Well done, good and faithful servant. Servant. We're living in a day of, of a lot of high-profile ministries like never before. And boy, I, I don't want it. It's tempting. It's tempting to want it. But I think people who are in a high-profile ministry place have a lot more uh, responsibility. Because when you're a pastor and somebody comes up and wants your autograph. And I'm not saying they're bad because they didn't necessarily do that. That's a dangerous spot. The autograph should simply say, Jesus loves you. You are his. And I guess, I don't know. Exactly, but so we, we, we're living this, in this time where, where we can look to people instead of Christ and hold them. And we don't want to do that. We want to look to Him, honor, honor people that deserve honor. I'm, I am so thankful for, her, for the godly men who maybe did rain, uh, raise, rise to some fame, I think, I don't think anything has ever been found in any concrete evidence at all, and hardly even any accusations were ever made against Billy Graham. You know, I mean, most other leaders, there's a lot of accusations against, and they're, and they're starting to retire. I'm thankful for people who had the spotlight who pointed back to Jesus with all their life. It's a good thing. But let us not lay up anything in, in the human side. Let us remember that we are in Christ. Christ is in us. We are called to be stewards, called to be faithful, and remember our place. We're just down below deck serving God. We're all in it together. So how are we going to continue to serve Him? What's, it God, what's God calling you to do and you to be? Because that's what a lot of this boils down to. Is you're, you're, you're called to be a servant of God. That means what's he asking you to do for him? And, and, it, and it comes down to one simple thing. Nike had it right. Just do it. 
Just do it. Is he calling you to scrub the bathrooms at the church or in the homeless shelter? Just do it. Is he calling you to preach a message? And you're like, I'm afraid. You know, Nicole was afraid to come up. She doesn't like this. I think she felt that this was what she was supposed to do, and, and it was. She, she got out of her comfort zone to share a story about God. What's God asking you to do? Do it. Even if it is folly to the world, no matter what it is, just say, God, I'm in. I'm in. If I lose my job, I'm in. If I lose my friends, I'm in. If I lose my family, my brother, I'm in. The Bible says that that's going to happen, and it, it, it does happen sometimes. I'm not saying you, you, you just be a jerk, and that's why they don't like you anymore. Don't be a jerk. But love Jesus and serve him in whatever he calls you to. I'm just, I'm just rowing. I don't need any, any fame. I don't need anything. Whatever it is, we're, we're in this. And let's take this gospel, the mysteries of God, out to people so that maybe they might receive that same thing that called you out of the place that you used to live and gave you hope and peace. So that's kind of the beginning of, of 1 Corinthians chapter 4. We're servants. We're stewards. Let's be faithful. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this section. We thank you what you already taught us through the, our journey in 1 Corinthians. There's so much, Lord, even, uh, God, we, we want to be on the journey of growing from infancy to growth to maturity. Father, in, in here this morning, we thank you that all things are, are ours. And I don't understand that, but you've given us everything for life and godliness is in Christ. Father, we are in Christ. Christ lives in us. The Spirit of God lives in us. It's not about us, but we thank you that you've called us to your own and given us everything. And then you've made us stewards over the mysteries of God. You've made us stewards over these things. And God, help us to, to remember in all of that that we're, we're your servants. I don't want to serve a man. I want to serve you. I want to do whatever it is that you call me to do, even if it's folly to the world. Help me to be found faithful in everything. Lord, my prayer for everyone in here is that they would hear your voice and know what you are calling them to be, whether it's calling them to do, whether it's a big thing or a little thing, whether it's behind the scenes or in front of people, whatever you call them, Lord, that they would be faithful and they would do it and do it faithfully and walk in the blessings. We'd walk in the blessings and, and in your provision for all of our lives. Thank you that you never leave us and watch over us this week. Watch over the men as they go and um, as we go uh, and encourage us, help us to draw it deeper in our times of, of the word that we're going to have and, and, uh, and, and be also with the youth next weekend. Let that be a life-changing time. Praise things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Amen.